Hi, I'm Keegan, and this is A Bunch of Gamers. This is our 95th episode of Werewolf the Apocalypse, 20th Anniversary Edition, Erebus, Part 2. I'm going to go around and have my players introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Sam. I play Cora. She's an Aruna in the Geta Fenris. I'm Tyler, and I play Kyle, also known as Guards the Low. He's a Philodox of the Children of Gaia. Hi, I'm Adam. I play Mark Guides the Fallen, and he's a third of the Children of Gaia. Hi, I'm George. I'm playing Roy Mindscape. He is a Ragabosh with the Stargazers. Hi, I'm Sean. I play Zeb, Speaks in Sweet Whispers. He is a Theurge of the Silent Striders. Hello, my name's Thomas. I play Dimitri Howells in Memory, Lupus Galliard of the Bone Nars. Last time, the Pax had entered the realms of Erebus and began to work through their visions, trying to seek redemption. They now go forward, attempting to conclude their trip into the realm of fire and silver. George wasn't here for the main session, which is why you get to hear my impeccable Roy impression. So, that's why. And now, the tale begins. Zeb, you're on the road. It's been years of moving between Karen to Karen. Left your pack behind. What feels like ages ago now. It's quiet. Much older. The greys are starting to catch up with you. But it seems some news is required to speak to the Sacred Stone. The Elder needs to know that a concordant has been called, and all Garu, especially Elder Garu, need to be brought along to speak on matters of security for the Garu nation. All right. You start making your way back as you do hear in the back of your mind the crackling of burning wood and kind of a nice campfire smell appear in your nostrils as you hear burns without mercy. Been some time since you've been to the sacred cell. It has. You gonna visit them? I am. Good on you. I have to say, you withered them with words better than I ever could. That's an unfortunate outcome. What do you say happened? You decided to confront them about their behavior. And, well, perhaps your Garu name, Burns Without Mercy, might be better suited than to me, though with words rather than your very being, such as myself. What did they... What did I say they did? Oh, something about how Roy is a short-sighted fool who would throw himself in the into the maw of the worm just to get a glimpse and then come back a spiral all the same. And Dimitri was a mewling pup who would follow that fool into the depths despite the fact that he should know better. All that after the fact, huh? That's how I remember it. You summoned me and spent quite a bit of gnosis. As you look at your burnt right hand. So that I wouldn't burn them. But I would send a message that if you ever found that they did step out of line, well, you would make good on your promises. I take it it didn't work. Who knows? You haven't been back. You haven't told me. Hm. Well, I guess I'll find out. And you will too. As you get to the edge of the Sacred Stone, you give the howl of introduction. 
you hear a familiar voice howl back as the warder approaches. And you see Cora Two Hearts arrive. The Get Elder, now warder of the Sacred Stone, marching up. Zeb, it's good to see you. And you, honored Elder. How does the worm fester? Not here. Excellent news. Did you have business in the Sacred Stone? I'm informed a concordant has been called to call forth all Elder Guru of the nation to speak on matters of security. So I come here with that message and for that event. Then you should follow me. I'll take you to the Elder. As you march through the Sacred Stone, you see lots of familiar faces and several new ones. The Sept has become rather cosmopolitan. Perhaps the Elder has done a good job after all. As you see the Council of Elders speaking, and the Grand Elder, with Kyle guards the low, listening to the concerns before noticing Yuzeb and a giant smile cracks across his face. Honored Elder, you are looking well, and your cairn looks hale and strong. It's good to see you again, Zeb. How have you been? I am well enough, bringing a message to this place for your ears and the elders here. Concordant is being called for Elder Guru to speak on the security of our nation. So I carry that here to you, but also to see friends, which is a good incidental too. Thank you for the message, Zeb. We appreciate it. And I'm sure it would do some good to have you visit. I'm sure Dimitri would like to see you, though be kind. And try not to overstimulate him. You'll have to explain, Elder, what's happened. After you left, Dimitri fell into Hirano. That is terrible news, Elder. All this time. All this time. But he hasn't left this place. Not unless someone brought him. Then I will be. What of my other former packmate, Roy Mindscape? Roy has gone to live alone. And frankly, I, I don't know much. Nonetheless, it's good to see you. Good to see this Karen strong and in good hands with lots of new faces here. And it's been good to see you. You'd always be welcome, should you choose to stay. Well, I thank you for that, honored elder. I will go speak to my former pack mate and then be on my way to continue to carry this message to other places. As you start thank moving you again. Oh. Sorry. As you start moving along, you notice Mark guides the fallen helping some of the pups and performing several rituals before he turns and acknowledges you. Ah, Zeb. It has been far too long. And Mark will approach and give a formal Garu greeting and then a smile and put a hand on his shoulder. But Gaia has seasoned you well, I see. Like Grandfather Peak after a fresh snow. But what brings you here? Airing the message as always, friend, of a grand concordant for the elders here. To speak about security of the nation, which I see you are instilling the discipline in the young ones here to remember their place in its security. And that is good to see. Ah, yes. As gardener of this great field for Gaia, I too must tend to the saplings as well as those that have grown. And as for you, Silent Strider's work must not be interrupted or hindered. I apologize if I've taken time from you. Take nothing from me, friend. It bring me great joy to see you again. To see you parting discipline upon these young ones. Ah. True, I wasn't expecting such responsibilities with the new title and position, but 
I've doomed myself to it. Work is never done in tending Gaia's garden, and I've grown fond of this part of it. But I must be off. I must consult the spirits, and I must tend to the saplings. Very well, Mark. I'll keep going to find Dimitri. You find Dimitri towards the deep parts of the woods. It's nice enough. The trees glisten with the rare rains that now come across Colorado. The pine needles giving off dusty smells. As you see Dimitri there, thinner than the last time you saw him in lupus form, simply lying there. A few bones shattered around from other Garu bringing him food. I will shift to lupus, Keegan. Okay. I will approach him. Brother Dimitri, my old friend. Zap, it's, it's been a long time. It has. I despair to see you this way. Well, I'm, I'm surviving. There's more to life than just survival, don't you think? If I've put you here, what can I do to help you? Why did you leave? I left because I didn't think... I didn't think I could help you and Roy. And I didn't believe I could stop you. And even if I did and I killed you, couldn't live with that either. So it was very convenient to me to use the old excuse to run. And I did. Now you ran when I always came to you with my problems. You never really asked me how I was doing. You acted like I'd find my own way, but you never trusted me. Did you, Zeb? I told you how I was struggling, how I was drowning in the loss of my sept. Drowning in sorrow, and how I needed something to cling on to, to hold on to. You gave me platitudes and suspected Roy was going to pull me to the worm. I tried to tell you how I felt, Zeb. I tried. Why didn't you trust me enough to do the same? I was far too focused on the possibility of falling to the worm. But I lacked the wisdom to take any other action. I ignored you entirely, Roy. I ignored you entirely, Dimitri, because I thought we all had suffering, and suffering was part of existence, and we suffer and suffer and suffer, and that's what this is, suffering, until we die in battle or die alone. Neither one was true for you, and neither one was fair. Fairness doesn't mean much for me to say it, but that's why, Dimitri. I can only tell you how sorry I am for ignoring you in a very fresh pain of being very vulnerable but you could have spoken I didn't hear you maybe I didn't want to maybe you didn't want to but you still but you still left me to suffer and I guess I'll just continue to suffer and you can keep running while I keep surviving I'm gonna tell you what I can never do myself surviving isn't enough and it shouldn't be enough for you I have long surrendered to that fact you have a time to turn away from that. And this isn't platitudes. There's something better than this. Living in filth and waiting to die. Because Gaia won't kill you this way. Don't make the mistake that I did. I'm telling you this far too late. Far too late. But it's a mistake to do this. And it's a mistake to live like this. And it's mine that I've inflicted on you. Dimitri gives a shrug. Before his eyes glaze over a little bit. The Hirano taking him as his head goes down and it simply rests there. The gray furs around his muzzle becoming a bit more noticeable, though he looks far older than his years would suggest. He doesn't seem to respond to anything else you say. I'll turn away from him and head back to the Sept. You head back to the Sept? Uh, what are you doing at the Sept? 
You know what? I'll just give it the old uh, silent strider goodbye. The message has been delivered. It's time to keep going. You start going. You wander for several hours before you see the silhouette of someone familiar. You see Roy sitting there watching you, shirt torn, barefoot, filthy. Roy turns and looks at you. You notice strange barbs covering your former packmate's body and odd tumors. Can I tell what these are based off of experience? Yes. Odd, though. Agaru Famori. Yeah. Brother Roy. Zeb. Here you are. I've heard you were alone now. Not alone anymore, Zeb. What's happened, Roy? I found the only thing that could tolerate me. You filled them with suspicion against me, Zeb. You never brought it to me directly. As you see him shift into Krynos, as you see the long, barbed-like tongue. You made it so that they all hated me. That they wouldn't even look at me. So I left. And left the only thing that ever thought to ask me about how I was feeling in. This is how my failures end. Well, you're right, Roy. As the tongue whips out and it smacks you across the head and everything goes dark. All right. As you wake up, you see Roy performing the ritual above you, Zeb, as the bane starts coming in closer and closer and closer before Dimitri comes out and he fights and kills Roy and begins to start freeing you. As you hear that old, familiar voice in the back of your head, Dimitri knew about Roy. Kyle knew about Roy. They were going to betray you. They were going to hurt you. You gotta kill them. Kill Dimitri. That Hirano was a trick. A vile trick. Take them out, Zebulon. I'm going to turn to to Dimitri. Mm-hmm. I'm going to shift to Krynos. Then you're going to have one chance and make it count. I'm going to reach up, Keegan. I'm going to rip out my right eye. I'm going to intone the previous ritual that had gone so ghastly before. I'm going to let Dimitri kill me. As Dimitri does, in fact, kill you. But though, in your end throws, you do fight back a little bit, and you rip out Dimitri's eye as he stands over you and watches you fade. As you find yourself bubbling up from the silver, and the great guardian holds you. Tell me, Zebulon speaks in sweet whispers. What was the lesson? I could have spoken up, told them what was wrong, told them both. There was no time for whispering behind their backs anymore. They really needed help. And I was an alpha. I volunteered to take take command of a pack to lead them. And it wasn't about glory. It was supposed to be to help them. And I failed. I failed them by never counseling them, by never spiritually caring for them, by doing nothing for them other than planning to kill them and then run from them. And I let suspicion drive me all this time, and I let survival mean the most to me, because I was too cowardly for anything else. I saw my worst flaws manifest, both in Dimitri and then Roy, and my failure opened doors to both of them where I fulfilled their fall by doing nothing for them. Nothing for anyone. 
I spoke really well and did nothing for anyone. Correct. You are your father's son. As you feel yourself getting sucked under a tunnel, as you start swirling down the pool of silver and moving on, as you splash out into a silvery, fiery lake. Kyle, you guys are heading back to Electric Peak after all this time. You have to do some walking around, trying to continue the job of unity, so to speak. It's been some time since you've come to Electric Peak, and it will be interesting to see how things shake out, especially given how you left. As you give the howl of introduction, and you are greeted by unmoving night. Two hearts, guards the low, guides the fallen. It is good to see you again, unmoving night. It has been some time. Do you have a moment to walk with me, guards the low? Of course. As you walk and unmoving night turns and goes... Our secret has taken note that you've kept your word, and they would like to meet you. It would be an honor. You move through as you see the great mountain lion appear before shifting into a woman as she sits down and motions for you to sit with her. I will take a seat. So... Guards low. This one wonders. This cat wonders. What happened to the one who tried to chase me? She fell to the worm. Hmm. Do you feel responsible? I had a hand in it, yes. So yes or no? From time to time, I do. Yes. Why? Why do you feel that way? Because I could have helped her. I could have listened to her. But I didn't. I judged her for her actions and her thoughts. But I didn't listen you feared for this place because of her yes i did what else do you fear fear of what will go wrong if you're not there it can sometimes feel that if i step away for a moment i will come back to something worse <laughs> you are very much a garu kyle guards the low your ancestors thought the same thing and their solution was the impergium they lost focus on what they should and could control, and spread out into things that they had no business doing or worrying about, spread themselves thin, and allowed the worm to fester. You mean to say I have no business worrying about whether or not I could have saved B? No, not that. But to think that you can control everyone's actions if you were just saying the right thing at the right time rather than simply adopting what you learned for the future and to make sure you taught others. I can see the wisdom in what you're saying, and I suppose you're right. All it is is that it's important that you speak your mind and hope others listen. When you hear a familiar voice saying, he isn't one to speak his mind without insult, isn't that right, Kyle? As you see B walk in, uncorrupted. Kyle will stand up, about to shift, but not. What? How are you... Why are you here? And I'll look back and forth between B and the cat changer. As 
everything seems to melt away and it's just you and B in a great field of some kind. She goes, just to talk. You talked about my fall a lot. Do you want to talk to me about it? I'm sorry I didn't listen to you. And I'm sorry I made things worse. Okay. That's what you got for listening to Cora even when I was right. And you knew I was right, and it proved I was right in some way. You always took Cora's side, and you decided never to listen to me and my concerns. And I'm glad you've seen that now. But it seems like you're still not speaking up when she messes up, or she decides she's right. And same with Mark. He does things, and you just let him. The only time you actually spoke out against him, you had an outburst and you shouted at them, rather than explaining why you felt the way you felt. Because you decided to be blind with an action. I suppose I haven't changed as much as I had hoped. As B seems to disappear, and Final Days is in her place, sometimes we think we change for the better. And it turns out, we just carry the sins of our past. Would I have been more worthy of your loyalty, Kyle, if I had succeeded? If my methods ended up working, even if older brother was unhappy about it? Though they still went along with it because they had no other choice? No. Can you tell me why? Because it's not about success or failure. If we we lost another tribe to the worm simply because we chose to lose them because we chose not to put the effort in to keep them. It, it, would, it would be a unity not worth having. That's a good answer. You always tried to correct your own flaws, Kyle, but only after a breaking point. Did you ever try and reach out and truly understand Fate Dancer's wrath before she finally reached her, her breaking point? What was... What is worthy of your attention, and how do you choose? Sometimes it's just about time. I feel as though perhaps this thing is important, even very important, essential, but it will still be there in time. Sometimes it's not. Other times I suppose it can feel like that decision is being made for me. Something is of such catastrophic importance that it must be dealt with first. But many of these things I failed to follow up on are either because I put too much trust in the way I think Garu should be or put too much trust in the idea that these things will just wait until I'm ready to deal with them. Have you ever thought about telling others about those problems so that they can take care of it while you focus on the other things that you prioritize? Do you really think that there are so that we are so spread thin that there wouldn't be a single Garu who would listen to your concerns and view it as a great import of great import in that they should battle the worm there? I have certainly thought about it, and I have done it from time to time. I one of my still greatest regrets is not telling Fate Dancer what Final Days had planned immediately, because I trusted that he would tell her after I begged him to. But after he didn't, uh After someone I trusted so deeply didn't take those concerns to heart, it felt pointless to lay concerns like that at others' feet. Do you think that 
Just because one person failed to do what was right, everyone would fail. Is that not the kind of distrust of your fellow Garu that draws the worm inward and forces you to spread yourself thin and become a one Garu impergium on all the nation's issues? I suppose I viewed it as pragmatic, but you're right. It's not fair for me to say that. As you feel yourself being pulled up, the kind of like metal tongs with spikes holding you by the ribs as the guardian lifts you out and looks at you. Its eyes burning with a strange sense of compassion when the guardian says, What have you learned? I've looked inward too often when I should have looked outward, either to packmates or other elders. I've kept my tongue bound when I should have been speaking these concerns. Not necessarily to everyone, but to the people I thought could help. How will you remedy this in the future? Internally, with my pack, first it will be speaking to them about the concerns I have, the things that I want to deal with, not just going with the next emergency that shows up. Externally, it will just be listening, but not stopping at listening, taking action more often and earlier, whether that's speaking to other elders, not just waiting until a critical breaking point, when there is no more time left to wait. As you see them let you go, as you fall down a waterfall, and then splash into a great fiery silvery lake. Cora, you've all returned to the Sept of the Green to have some fun and to help out. You are, of course, the Alpha of Mori's Bane and have always been. As you hang about, you and the Ill Omens are around, enjoying your time in the spiritual landscape of... Central Park when Agatha Spirit Whisper approaches you. Agatha, it's good to see you again. It's good to see you too, the old Bonar says. She gives a what can only be described as a half-toothy grin as she goes, I was wondering if you could do us a favor. Uh, We'd be happy to help in any way we can. Good, good. Kin have gone missing, and we would like to investigate why those kin have gone missing. There's a few... The last one happened last night, and it is down the alleyway. And she tells you the exact street address of the alleyway. If you could try and take a look for us, we would greatly appreciate it. Yeah, let me... Let me let my pack know that we've got a favor to do, and we'd be, I'm sure we'd be happy to help. Of course. Please, do what you must. She smiles again. So I'll go let Fomori's Bane know, and then try to track down um, the ill omens if they're not together. Yeah, they're all together. Agatha actually asked if we could help uh, track down some missing kinfolk. So we should go. <laughs> We're with you. Fantastic. Nice to have you with us, Elements. As you head out, you do find where the body was. The police have already 
moved along, though you do find a manhole cover that's slightly ajar. I'll be the first one down, I guess. You jump down as you were assaulted by smells. Fantastic. As you see the nice waves of filth move along, rats running everywhere. When you see, as you all come down and you start moving through, you see someone up ahead moving around, and he seems very out of place. He's got well-trimmed hair slicked back. He's got an impressive suit as he walks through the waterways of the sewers. Your pursuit. As he turns, ah, what are you doing down here? Looking for somebody. Uh, went missing around here. Were you here last night? No, I I tend to come down here, though. As he kind of gives a sniff. He seems wiry as he goes, Garu. Cora, look him up and down. Probably not Garu. She says, looking at him <laughs> in like a similar way. Ratkin. Ah, Bound a spirit of Teflon to my suit, so it stays nice and clean, even down here. Clever. It's thinking with your brain. You gotta be careful down in these parts. Certain brand of worm leeches like to hide down here. All of them monstrous looking. You can see the corruption on their faces. Sounds gross. I was looking into them. Well, did you have Kinfolk go missing? No, no, no. Most of my kinfolk, well, some probably did. I don't know. I've got about, oh, last count I had 10,005 kin walking around the city. That'd be difficult to keep track of. <laughs> yep, yep. It's real, real hard when you find a good, good lass, lay down with her, and she has a litter of a few hundred. Bills are pretty high. No, remarkably low. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, we were, we we're down here because we're looking for somebody. You said you weren't here last night? Yeah, I thought I saw... I heard someone calling out for help, but I didn't have any backup. Would you know if they came down here? Well, sounds if they did, the sounds, yeah, they. I was going to try and investigate it now, but now that it's a little later... Those leeches don't like to stay in one place, and it was probably hunting. Once it's full, right? Yep. It'll stave off for a little while. Yeah. Like I said, didn't see them, but they, they do uh, match the gender you're talking about. At least oh, in okay. terms of the voice. Fair enough. Cool. So you're welcome to try and help help us if you want. Um, otherwise, we're going to try and find our, our missing person. I'll walk with you. I'll walk with you. I think we have, we're at a crossroads of working together. Henry sure. chews through wires, by the way. Core two hearts. Um, this is my pack, former Ray's Bane, and um, our friend pack, the Ill Omens. Pleasure. Greetings. Awesome. So I suppose we'll get a move on then. So you get a move on as you start moving along. You smell something that isn't quite the raw sewage of this place. It's different, and it is foul. Hey, I think I got a sniff on something. This way. 
as you lead the way, you see a pile of bodies, several of them resembling the descriptions of the kinfolk who went missing, their skin almost bubbling green with giant yellow sores with insects lapping up the pus on the deceased bodies as you see, as you all walk in. Okay. What the hell? Looks like some kind of new (laughs) disease. Wow. You sound happy about that. Sinratkin nature to be interested in disease. Leave it alone. As you hear splashing down the way before you see this horrid creature in rags. The rags hanging over its shirt as you see its emaciated body, its skin kind of taunt with a grayish hue, long fingernails, a nose that seems to have rotted away, sunken yellow eyes, long pointed ears, mostly bald with but a few wisps of hair, and rows of monstrous teeth as the thing looks at you and go looks at you, looks at the bodies, looks at you again and starts to run as fast as it can. Cora will shift into Glabro and run after it. You run after it and tackle it down as the creature hisses at you. Let me go! It croaks. What was that? Bodies clearly near my haven. Your haven? Yes, my haven. Why would they be near your haven? I don't know as you hear choose through wires. Come on, Wolf. Isn't it obvious? He's trying to trick you. Look at him. Every sign of the worm, clear as day on his face. Cora will continue holding him and, like, press him into the ground and... Oh, there's no ground here. Just, well, just, just poopy water. Yeah, he'll, he'll press him <laughs> into the poopy water. <laughs> I found my compassion. I'm not killing you. <laughs> not, not, I was going to say not enough to like, like to hold him, you know, okay. not enough to okay. <laughs> put him under. Oh, goodness. And she'll demand, like, tell me everything you know about this. I know almost nothing. I just came back doing some things for my sect, but there might be others who do know. The Nosferatu know much. Do you live there on your own? Yes. Cora will get off of him and stand him up. You said the Nosferatu know know much. She's still holding on to him. Okay. You, you said the Nosferatu know a lot. Yes. You are Nosferatu? One, yes. You are going to do something for me. What? You're going to get the information on why these bodies are here. Of course, as you hear, choose through whisper, uh, choose through wires. Why don't we just... You have a meeting place, right? As the Nos nods. Why don't we get him to take us there? We can ask directly. Because that would put to my pack and the omens in more danger. We don't know anything about these vampires. We've had some bad run-ins. All the better not to trust this one. I never said I did, but we have ways of tracking him. And then she'll turn back to him, but we have ways of tracking him down. 
And we have ways of telling telling if he's t- saying the truth or not. And we have ways of dealing with those who are not telling us the truth. As the Nos Veratu kind of nods and goes, I'll, I'll do what I can. Perhaps meet tomorrow night? Tomorrow night, same time. Same manhole. Very well. She'll let him go. The ratkin seems to give you a look of disgust and goes, giving more leniency on worm creatures nowadays rather than trying to... What a surprise, considering how well you tried to wipe us out. There are some Garu who are looking towards the future and towards... and, and trying to change some viewpoints, some outlooks that we have, trying to instill and grow unity with leeches not necessarily not necessarily with worm spawn i see i was i was getting there but with the other changers because ragnarok is coming and if we're not together then we will not we have no chance of winning even a small chance is better than none at all fine fine I'll meet you here tomorrow as well. I'm curious. All right. As you guys split up and then you come back, when you find the bodies, they are picked over. They're almost nothing but bones now. And the Nosferatu arrives. They they all check. No one, no one knows anything. They've been looking around and asking questions. We've spoken to a few animals and they said something about the brewing of something new but we don't know what that means what animals did you speak with rats kyle your earring the nosferatu is telling the truth they're not lying so you hear choose through wires talking with rats that's what we do i think we wouldn't have found something else the supposed spying abilities of the nosferatu are lacking or we'll point out the nosferatu you stay there and she'll turn around on the ratkin i'm gonna ask you again do you know anything about this i don't know anything about this kyle kyle activates the truth earring and it goes off of a lie he's lying cora is gonna spend as many points of rage as it takes to grab him you do and he says get fucked and he opens up his shirt and there's an explosion as his body bursts in a thousand directions, knocking you back as your fingers get blown off. As you see this kind of green mist fill the sewers and start elevating th- throughout. As you hear screaming above ground and vomiting. You need to get out of here now, she says to the Nosferatu. And we need to get out of here now. Figure out how to fix this. As you start climbing up and you see the desolation, people vomiting, cars starting to crash as people convulse with seizures, everyone starts looking to you for leadership. You've brought the ill omens here, two hearts. What do we do now? Fomori Spain is at your beck and call. Command us. Do you have any gifts to help us? Cora's going through all the options in her mind, thinking, oh, what about that wind spirit? Oh, but that will damage everything and everybody. Nope, not a good one. Fire spirit, could we burn away the gas? Nope, we can't do that because that'll burn everything and everyone. Um, <laughs> how far does it look like the gas has spread? It hasn't spread very far. As you feel yourself pulled up, 
and you find yourself in the deep glow underground, your guardian holding you by your hair, looking you in the eyes. What was the lesson, Cora Two Hearts? Judgment based on appearances cannot always lead you in the right direction. Sometimes those that you trust or those that you want to trust can, can be the problem instead of the people that you were taught to dislike. You've got to think about the situation and you've got to ask questions rather than just going in blindly and saying, hey, I was taught that I don't like you, so you're going to die now. As the guardian smiles and goes, But didn't that creature simply resemble exactly what you said all worm creatures look like? How did you figure it out? In the other vision, the Garel also showed signs of taint from the worm, and it was killed unjustly, and the other Garel were hunted down because of it. Though, just because it looks sickly and gross and festering with the worm doesn't mean it is. Doesn't mean it can't help us. One last question, Cora Two Hearts. You've always wanted to lead. But you always freeze when leadership is upon you. Why do you make yourself only half in our room, focusing on one aspect of it? Because I have a hard time making a call without second-guessing if I'm doing the right thing, the perfect thing. Perfect is the enemy of completion. And if your worries freeze you so much, perhaps you've now learned that you are not a leader, but that does not mean that you only need to lead with your claws, that you can support those who are more confident in their decisions. And you are dropped down the waterfall and into the Silver Lake. We're doing so good, guys. We'll be done by 7.30. (laughs) Sorry, Mark. She jinxed you. <laughs> we all know how that goes. I was everyone, crossing the toes. Everyone here from here on out is going to fail because of what Sam said. We're doing so well. <laughs> well, you were. Well, time to start on the character. Mark, you awaken at the Sept of the Five Mirrors. You've come here to be on a diplomatic mission and for the sacred stone to try and make sure that the bonds are truly connected to reaffirm the alliance and their desire to fight shoulder to shoulder sounds like a good cause you're back in the the lodgings of the the five mirrors when it seems that a calming horn wishes to take you to the Great Lake Superior later, if you have time. Of course, I have time. I'm sure this could uh, be quick. Perfect. We'll get the right getting getting. We'll get the right started soon. So we'll see you in a few minutes. They say calmly as they smile, 
take a wave and step out. Kyle stretching awake, seeming to have heard the whole conversation. Morning, Mark. Mark will uh, turn back uh, from the threshold. Huh. Good morning, Kyle. Dream I, well, uh, sleep well? Yes. I uh, couldn't help but overhear. Um, would you like some advice on talking to the spirit? As much as I appreciate that, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I could talk to the spirit myself. I'm, I, I've spoken with Lake Superior before. Oh, huh, as you wish. Kyle gives a big shrug. Mm, well, I'll, I'll be making my way. Give my regards to the others when they wake. As you start moving towards the normal summoning spot, you see, uh, you will find you find Cora and Dimitri together. So, do you understand the songs, Dimitri? I I believe I do, but well, I I might have to change a few of a few details. Well, here, let me give you a song that you you really don't have to change details of. Um, there's this really great one about Leif Erikson, actually. Well, Cora, in my experience as a Galliard, it's it's our job to inspire our pack and our allies. More stories and songs are good, but sometimes you have to change a few details in order to in, in, in order to inspire people when they need it. Okay. Okay. Then, oh, how about, how about how the get came to be? That's a really good one. And that's had enough change uh, throughout how the the other tribes say it. So I may as well tell you the truth. Aura, Dimitri, it's good to see you this morning, especially this early. But, Cora, I didn't know you taught songs. Well, I mean, I'm pretty artistic. But, you know, uh, Dimitri was struggling a little bit and so i thought i'd help him out help him with his auspice you know hmm okay i see dimitri is she being of any help oh cora is being a lot as cora has given me a lot of help well that's good that's good it's good to see garu working together like this but i'm off to my summoning right well cora has been giving me a lot of help but she does need to understand that i am the galliard here well, but these are these are Fenris stories. Like this is how I've heard them be, be told. This is how I've heard even Skalds give similar uh, renditions. But honestly, the framework is the same. How different could they be? Sure, but I'm a Bonar, Cora. You know, get a Fenris may like stories about war and battle, but Bonars want different stories. I, I really do appreciate the help, though. <laughs> your your tribe is... I don't understand how you can encourage and rile up the blood but without stories of war, but you guys do you, I guess. And we'll do us. Well, Cora, not all things are riled and inspire, inspired by the call to war. Some are inspired by peace. Some are inspired by family. Some are inspired, well, by unity, from what I see here. So, yes, the Gedefenris have their songs. And yes, the Bonars have their songs. But what of the songs of Bonars and Gedefenris? What about songs about you two 
that you can make up. You make a really good point, Mark. You do. We could try making those songs. I can't think of any existing ones. Ah, but we've been on adventures. Fomori's Bane and Ill Omens. Maybe those stories can be your guidance there. As they nod and you head over to the spirit, Great Superior arrives and begins to just speak to you about, you know, agreeing to the alliance and things like that. The spirit is kind and then slowly disappears back down into the and dissipates as Common Horn thanks you for your time. As you leave and you see Nightbiter moving over and starts talking to Kyle. Guards low. Hello, Nightbiter. I was wondering if you could talk about Unity for a bit. I'm always happy to. So my thought was, is you all talk of the before times when we were all one tribe, and it seems that's true, but of course when we were all one tribe, the Silver Fangs were the heroes of the tribes, and so what I was thinking is is that we are all one tribe again, but we're all the... The Silver Fangs are all the heroes, and as all the heroes, we inspire others to become heroes. And when we do that, and we become these heroes to the Garu, and they aspire to be heroes, they also become heroes. In a way, they also become Silver Fangs, and thus the children of Gaia's view of unity becomes a reality where we are all heroes. Heroes of the Garu. One nation. A nation of heroes. Yes, and thus we stand together as a pillar of our righteous fury. Spiritual beings of heroes who defend Gaia. Well, I I think it's an interesting idea, but looking at things as they are now, we, we don't always stand together. Oh, we sure. frequently stand apart, right? Sure, sure. And that's because of our inability to become one tribe. That's what I'm saying. We should get out Silver Fang ideals so that we can be more of one tribe. One tribe of heroes. Oh, I, my mistake. Uh, I, I just don't think my vision of a unified nation looks quite like that. Oh, well. Alright. I'm sorry you feel that way, but you know. But speaking of which, as he looks over all of you, would you like to join me for a hunt in the nearby city? Looks over at Mark and gives a smile. You know, for old time's sake. Giving a big ear-to-ear grin. Of course, Jonathan. I'd be glad to join you. Just like the old times. Excellent. As you move through into the city, you do find at the old industrial park several Fomori who had escaped the blight you had cleansed months ago. As you fight and begin battling, Korra at the front of the front of everyone, doing her best, standing as a true Arun should. When you hear from the back, Zeb calling out, "Ruin Gaia, Korra! Turn that flank! Turn that flank and open away! Why do you delay here so and let them mass themselves against us?" As Korra seems a bit distracted, but she seems to be continuing to fight on. Mark will kind of in the in the haste of the battle, try to get next to the Zeb in the back as if in passing, but pause and go, 
Zeb, as wise as these tactics may be, this is certainly the time to be just yelling from the back. Perhaps maybe you should lead as well, as much as Korn is trying to take your advice. She is a rune, she knows her duty. Damn you, strike that one down, Korra. Damn your eyes and push them forward. Use your strength. Rend them so we may pass through. We are holding up here and wasting time. Zeb, you waste time with words. Come, let me show you true support for an Arun from a Thurge. And I'll go join Korra in the fray and I'll command a, a trash spirit to throw itself at, like, a target coming at her, I guess. Okay, you do that. As Zeb has not been slacking, he has been fighting as things had been coming up to him, but he continues to call out advice to Korra while he is fighting, and then talks about how it is Agaru's duty to be a warrior, and explains to her the great history of the Fenrir. She just gives an exasperated sigh as you continue to walk, as you see Dimitri walking up to... Nightbiter. Nightbiter, I have a great idea for a prank. What oh. if we what if we took a bucket, filled it with water, and put it at the top of a doorway and waited for somebody to push the door open? <laughs> oh, what a clever little lupus you are as he grabs you by the the shoulder and shakes. Maybe maybe it, it has it has potential. Sure, yes. Good old, um, whatever your name is. Oh, what about instead of water, we put a beehive in the bucket? He's certainly working up to larger ammunition, friend Bonar. I know, I'm, I'm still working on it. It's, it's, it's a work in progress. Well, until then, leave it to us, Ragabash. We'll come up with some good pranks don't you worry as mark you feel yourself lifted out as there's a pitchfork holding you right in the chest as your guardian looks you over and goes what was the lesson the lesson i see is the lesson is maybe my brand of unity is naive with guards the low i found it odd that he wished to help me speak to the spirits when he himself couldn't speak to spirits he lacks the gift of spirit speech but it was heartening to hear that he wanted to help when i saw two hearts and dimitri exchanging song ideas again it felt good but it seemed that a little contention began forming too many too many ideas and then, in the midst of combat, it was even present then, with Zeb telling an Arun how to fight, a Thurge telling an Arun how to fight. It strikes similarity to my previous vision. And the lesson has to be that even though this is the unity that I seek, this is the unity that I want, it doesn't feel proper. It feels too forced, as much as the auspices were forcing ideas of theirs of what the other auspices were. The lesson I see, Guardian, is that there was a lack of trust to get the task done from the others to one another. 
So in good intention, there was aid and help given, but there was still a fundamental lack of trust. As much as I don't truly trust anyone around me, I don't really have a connection to those around me. I must always be present to tend to things, to make sure that things are done right, and that I haven't done that to myself. Think on it some more. There will be no more hints, Mark guides the fallen. As he pushes you back down, as you reappear in the five mirrors, waking up as Calming Horn speaks about speaking to the spirit, when Kyle wakes up and stretches, asking, Would you like any advice when you go to talk to the spirit? Certainly, Kyle. I would like advice from you. Here, come, walk with me. I must get to the right. The child of Gaia and Garu Wei is to be honest. In honesty, we find honor, and by honoring the spirits, all shall fall into place. This is as a, sh- a third should be. You speak true. Very true. It's all about how to be a Garu. How you are a Garu and how you speak to spirits, they, they should mirror each other. So in your honesty, you speak to these spirits, and you will find a much easier time is had when speaking to them. It is the Garu way. This is advice I could ponder upon while I converse with the Great Lake Superior. Thank you, guards the low. Give my regards to the others when they wake. As you arrive, the Great Spirit rises up. Mark guides the fallen. Can you tell me how the alliance with the sacred stone knows how things fail. Great Lake Superior, I must be honest with you. Though the Alliance hold, things go poorly. At my time at Sacred Stone, we had summoned a incarna of truth. This was a detail I had left out in a previous reporting. And we had requested that the incarna had burn out all lies and deceit within Sacred Stone so that all present could start a clean slate, born anew, so to speak. However, in this time, many great truths were spoken, many deep secrets were said, and I spoke of the focal points of the cage that holds the great terror here under these lands. How Sacred Stone is one of them, how Five Mirrors is one of them, and how I am on the search for more to protect so that this evil will not come out. The reason I did not tell you, I want to say I was tricked by a spirit, and that might partially be so. But even with that little knowledge of knowing, of being led on, I still chose. I still chose to walk the bridge of bodies and blood, unity at any cost. I see you've decided to shape your manner of speaking after me, Mark Guys the Fallen. I am 159.7 miles across, yet only 1,332 feet deep. Ponder that. As you say, Great Spirit, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I've lied to you, and I'm sorry I've lied to five mirrors. We will think on your punishment. 
but till then, go. Speak with your packmates. We'll not have an answer for your crimes till later. As you say, great spirit, Mark will bow and walk away. As you see Cora and Dimitri going. So when you're performing, right, you've got to really just project your voice because you don't have an auditorium that echoes your voice for you. You don't have a microphone. You're your Garu. So you've got to really dig deep and use your diaphragm. Don't breathe in through your lungs. Breathe in through your belly. That way you're working that diaphragm so that you get lots of air in there so you can project all of that, everything that you want to say and so that everyone can hear what a beautiful story you've you've got to you you have to tell you know you also really really want to be able to have your your song down so you've got to practice i never see you practicing you've got to know exactly what you're saying you've got to have all of that in your mind so that you 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 don't fumble you don't stumble and kind of make fool of yourself if you mess up well cara the thing is i that's how you sing and speak in your Hamid form, I, I howl because I'm a wolf. Howling is very different. I mean, you can't... Garu are both, so why not try it? So you can sing as, as both, right? You can howl, but you can also really, really project. You gotta open your throat, like, make sure that you're looking up a little bit, smiling so that it sounds nice. I know it's hard to smile in uh, wolf form, uh, but why not try like both tactics? You can put a little bit of Hamid tactics in there for tactics, uh, skill in there, um, and then also put in your your wolf skills and kind of merge them together. Since you're Garu, why not try both of them? Since you're both. Well, Cora, that I howl because that's what I want to do Cora. that's also the Garu way yeah definitely definitely but while you're howling just stretch your neck out a little bit more try and smile let let everyone see those those pearly fangs you know make sure that you're breathing even even wolves have diaphragms you know Cora, how often do you walk on four legs sometimes sorry Dimitri as you move away and you see Nightbiter approaching Kyle guards the low. Nightbiter, you wanted to talk about Unity? A little bit about Unity. I was also thinking about the Philodox. You guys are pretty rigid in your rules. I understand that Garu were supposed to be rigid, but look how I see it. If you think about it, really, the litany is supposed to change with the times. That's what the ragabosh are for. And so I'm thinking maybe you should, you know, take a little advice on how to rule from a ragabosh. I don't disagree that the ragabosh are there to, well, question things. But unless you've got a specific question, I don't think just changing it all makes much sense, especially... Well, you know, just do it like a... Maybe sometimes there should be a Philodox who p plays the chief fool at some of the moots, where they start questioning the litany. That way, if a Philodox does it, everyone knows that the litany is subject to change at least a little bit. 
our role, though, is really to not just enforce the rules, but but show that the rules are not only there for a reason, they're, they're themselves an important structure that help us fight off the worm. If everyone is questioning the rules, well, I don't think that bodes well for the nation. I guess, I guess. It's just, you know, I see everyone... Everyone fights. Sure, the Arun fight better than everyone else, but everyone's expected to fight. Why doesn't everyone question? Why not just try and be all things? Just, you know, try and... Why not just try and embody what being a Garu is? It's the Garu way. To be Garu. We are Garu, so we should act like Garu. And being a Ragabash is just as much as being Garu as an Arun, which means that we're all warriors and we should all question things at least occasionally you know or at least try and do things that the other auspices do or give them some slight suggestions uh, from our understanding of what it means to be garu in their role of their auspice i mean you're not wrong that everyone should question but questioning a sept decision is very different than questioning the litany i suppose that's fair enough Hey, we're gonna, I was thinking about doing some hunting in the city. You, uh, y'all want to come? Looks at Mark, smiles. Just like the old times. Yeah, Jonathan. I'll come. Just like the old times. As you go down and you start fighting as Korra's out in front. Zeb is fighting behind her, using his own claws and bites as well. But he's giving advice just like before. Abyss's teeth, Gaia's blood, two hearts. Arun, get forward. You will suppress the enemy, obscure the movements of your kin. You will secure this foothold on the battlefield, reduce their defenses, and assault through. Use the strength that Gaia gave you, the gifts bestowed upon you and those of your kin. Do it now, Fenrir. Do not wait. Be aggressive and move. Shall I summon a slate and chalk and explain to you again, back when you suckle on the teats of a mother? Was this something you wanted me to respond to? I don't think you could have. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> as she fights gives a sigh of just slight irritation as she says she does actually reply it is the third's purpose to guide in spiritual matters and spiritual combat stay in your lane zeb the battle is done Korra seems not angry with Zeb anymore. Just a mild irritation. It's a too jovial jab each other with elbows as those kinds of barbs Korra is a bit better at than verbal ones. Before Dimitri approaches Nightbiter. Hey Nightbiter, I have a, a few ideas for some pranks we could do. Oh really? Well, you know how humans live in houses, right? And there's usually a doorbell? Yes. What if we rang the doorbells and instead of waiting for them to open the door, we run away and hide? Is there anything else this prank? No, that's it. What an interesting prank, Dimitri. <laughs> yeah, I know it's an idea still in the works, but I'm sure we could hammer something out to be really great and to teach a really good lesson. What would that lesson be, Dimitri? 
I haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> Fuck, you got me. Uh <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I can I can bullshit a lesson out of that, I think. <laughs> go, go, sure. <laughs> I mean, well, just because something you think something is about to meet your expectations doesn't mean it will. <laughs> I suppose so. I, I think it needs to be workshopped more before um, Mark, you, you're lifted out of the silver. Have you had any more revelations, Mark Guides the Fallen? Auspices are there for a reason. Everyone plays their role. Did you ever doubt the auspices were there for a reason? Only until Dimitri told a joke. That's a fair answer. <laughs> <laughs> what I mean, Guardian, is that all Garu have their role in the nation. All auspices play their part, and there are reasons for this as guided by Luna. If there was no trust between and what each other could do, then there would be chaos. There would be no progress. There would be no unity. There would only be questions, constant advice. As the spirit takes a deep breath and shakes its head back and forth. No, Mark, no. As it starts to slowly drop you down, as you are dropped in, and which ones would you like to focus on? Which uh, which scenes? The, the like superior scene. <laughs> okay, you can pick more than one, just so you know. So just once you've done that one, you can say, or if there's any earlier ones, you can go through the whole thing again. You can pick out individual scenes that you think are important or that you want to explore. It doesn't have to be just the superior scene. And we can start there. I just want to make sure that you're you're fully fully informed of what the third third try is. As Superior yeah. rises up and goes. Mark Dice Fallen. What brings you here? I speak like you, Spirit. I have many things to say, but very little of it has depth. Yes, in some ways. You like to be very verbose, don't you? Yes. Everything in plain sight. No depth. No connection to myself. No depth to me. Who am I? You spoke of the net. You remember little bits, but you tried to add a flair. Kind of auspice are you, Mark Guides the Fallen? I strive to be third. Do you? I strive to just be accepted. That's why I meddle. That's why I ask. That's why I'm always constantly trying to help. I strive to not be a disappointment. So that's why I focus on others, on what they're doing, on how I could help, and how, what advice I could give. There's no depth to me because there's nothing to me. I haven't worked on me. And maybe focusing too much on others. You ask me if I am. You tell me I speak like you. You wonder what my auspice is. I am Thurge. Clearly, I am not acting like Thurge. I must act like Thurge. 
Mark, as you are lifted up, the spirit and guardian smiles at you. A rough road. You're almost at the end. Soon, Mark dies the fallen. You might be able to swim! As he flings you, as you fly 30 feet in the air, as you skip across the flaming silver lake before bubbling down in the middle. Dimitri. It's a cold, cold Wisconsin winter. The wind blows the snow high. There are a few fires for visiting kin, but many of the Garu here are in their four-legged form. It's just another good day in the Sept of the Winterfang. Everyone around you, alive, play fighting, the mass of Geta Fenris and Fianna. It is then you are visited by the Elder of the Karen, Lance Bloodrinker of the Geta Fenris. Dimitri, it's good to see you're up finally. Lazy, no for good for nothing, Bonar, he says with kind of a wolfish grin. Yeah, I had the I had the weirdest dream, but I can I I, I guess like that is a, a story for later. Oh, I'm sure. Speaking of stories, did you know that there are bonars littered throughout old Geta Fenris tales? Yes, I know some of the stories. The Geta Fenris and bonars have shared a long history together. Exactly. Many of the great Get heroes had a Bonar companion to help them on their adventures. I wonder what Get you'll find to adventure with. Well, I don't know who they will be, but I hope they have some compassion. compassion. Speaking of more stories, what would you say your favorite story from the Karen is? About the Sept? I, I suppose that, that would probably be the story of how the Sept was founded. Oh. Why haven't I heard you sing it? As his face gets grave for a moment, and the whole set seems to go silent for just a few moments. Probably because I'm not sure I know of a way to tell it to give it proper justice. Fear and perfection are the enemies of completion. Ah, but I'll leave you be as you see... Him going, Blood Drinker going, I need to go on Sept business. When Jesse Wolfcaller approaches you, Scald of the Geta Fenris. Hey, Dim. Hey, Jess. That's a weird lupus, using my Ahmed name. Anyway, I wanted to tell you, I was doing the gatekeeper thing, and I just met this, this very interesting Philodox. Really? Yeah, yeah. You know... Funny little child of Gaia. He took the verbal jabs like a champ. Uh, was trying to accomplish something for the five mirrors. Really interesting guy. Hope he finds his way home after his exile. Oh, why is he exiled? Uh, he didn't really say. Something about a former companion. You know, Blood Drinker was just telling me about the Geta Fenris and, and how... Geta Fenris usually have a Bonar companion to go with them on their adventures. Oh, are you trying to be my companion, Dimitri? What of the litany? No, that that's not what I meant. Oh, you're so adorable when you're embarrassed. Do you think maybe this Philodox will need a someone to 
go with on his adventures during his exile? Someone to tell his story? He might. You know, he was a child to Gaia, though. Um, I do like to think that he remembers me in our little games, though. He was different. You're different too, Dim. That's what I always liked about you. She smiles. Do you think Kyle thinks of more more of me than you have? I, I, I don't know how to answer that. Moon Hunter arrives. Another galliard of the Fianna. Wolf Caller, you're being unfair. It's not like our little scamp here is a Fianna, as he punches Dimitri. Can't expect him to remember everything. Though his mind should be a bit clearer than you two legs. No, I... I remember. I remember everything. I... Even if I didn't have the gift, how... How would I forget? Yeah? Hey, Tim... Why didn't we ever hunt together? I know I'm higher rank than you, uh, but that hardly seems to matter since we were one of the so few lupus around. I thought it would have been a good. In hindsight, I... I would have liked to, I, but I, I don't know how to hunt as a wolf. Well, that's why you could have come with me. We could have hunted together. I could have showed you. But you always seemed a little, a little distant. But I guess, once again, rank really threw you off. Um, as his face gets real serious for a moment, he looks you right in the eye. How's in memory? Do you know what a story that's never shared is called? A secret? Nothing. And if you're serious about keeping us alive in the memories of others, nothing can't be your song. But after what happened, I, I told myself I would carry your names to, to the end, to the apocalypse, to the final battle. Then you should, as Gabriel Kiasir's song approaches finally. It's an old hardened galliard, the tale singer. The other Garu seem to vanish as the old Garu sits down on a log and looks you over. The gnarled, old, weathered hands. Do you know how unnatural you are? So bound up in your new pack that you let them carry you astray? You act like a pup who howls at their every command. You're like a Hamid when you hang on to the kin of this place so tightly you bleed them dry. Yet, tell me, Howl's in memory, why do you refuse to open up to your pack? You followed them, stood by them, grieved over fallen Garu of the Sacred Stone with them. Yet the only time I've heard my name from your lips since you met them is when you told them that you were a friend to me. When the fires burned this place, as the Karen shapes off and you see the great paper mill behind you, all the Garu body, all the Garu who are talking and play fighting and the like become burnt corpses. And you see a great, the great stag spirit of the Karen twist into a monster as it rides a moon bridge one last time to the sacred stone. As the old, gnarled Get looks at you. I... I... I had no... I had no time to grieve. I had... I... I know we did the right, but I... I had no time to grieve for myself. No time to... No time to 
recover. It was just one emergency to the next, and I... And yet you continued to go along with it. Do you think silence changes the past? No, it, it doesn't. Does it change the future? It... No, because if we are... If we are quiet about the past, the future will just be the same mistakes over and over again. Dimitri, what memories do you howl of? For I have heard none. None, because I haven't howled any. I have been focused on the moment, because I, I fear if I think back now, I'll lose myself in my grief. I, I don't know how to move on. The old Garu seems to just stare at you, and yet you force others to move on. Through blood, through betrayal, casting them into the light, watching them burn so that others can drift away in their own grief. You are a pit, Dimitri. A pit that draws all who survived this place down into a well of snakes. I... I can't argue against that because it is, it's the truth. <laughs> the truth. Look at you. So beaten, so kicked like a wretched dog. Can't even defend yourself. From my words, you have used excuses time and time again. As you get pulled up and you see your guardian looking at you, its eyes filled with a kind of compassion it's a soft gaze looking at you before going, Dimitri howls in memory. What is the last lesson? I need to I need to move on from my grief and trauma. I need to I need to live up my deed name and howl in the memories of howl and howl in the memory of those that have fallen. What does redemption mean to you? Dimitri howls in memory. It means I can finally move on and save myself before I can before I can hurt more more of the people that I care about. If you've truly redeemed yourself in the eyes of Gaia, the Tellarium, yourself, do those you hurt need to forgive you? No, they don't, but maybe I need to forgive myself for hurting them. Have you found your way, Dimitri? No, I I no, I, I don't believe I have found my way. I, I've hurt those that I have tried desperately to protect. I, I force myself to stay in the present so I don't think of the loss of my sept in my grief. I fear that I am on the precipice of Harano and losing myself to grief forever. I, I don't... I don't tell stories or sing or howl songs anymore. I don't live up to my deed name. Do you think you can find that path? Now. For if you cannot forgive yourself now, how could Erebus ever let you go? I believe I can. I I feel as though I'm I'm close. I'm trying. As they place you in the Silver River and you see your wounds actually starting to heal, as you're slowly carried by the current, and you find yourself on the Shale Island, the Great Fortress. Zeb, you're back at the farmhouse. Judging by the state of disrepair, it's right after your final confrontation with Jonah. The road leading away from the home is gone. 
fallow fields, far as the eye can see, no harvest has been performed. It, sisters have already been sent away, right? There's mm-hmm. no one. Well, There's, I will. I will. Okay. Yeah, it's like right after your whole dad incident. Sure. Sure. Is his body still in there? You'll have to go check. All right. Going in and check. Start going in. The house is a mess. Things thrown every which way, shattered. A shattered family portrait rests by the door. You start to move to the room your father was in. You hear a creaking behind you as if the door is opening. As you turn around, there stands Harmony of Solace. Eyes wide open, blade in hand before seeing you, Zeb. Zebulon? What happened? He- your eye! Baby, what happened? Harmony of Solace, Rhea. Your maiden husband is dead. Dead? He what, was... What happened? He was possessed by a bane. I didn't know at first. Dad kept working. I was suspicious of, any, of everyone. Didn't ask for help. By the time he sent the girls away... I thought I knew what to do, what a theater should do, that I didn't need any help at all, and that no one was coming. I didn't believe it. You were gone. Everyone was gone. It did not go well. So you so you blame yourself for your own inexperience, drawing on what you know now to perform the impossible task of changing the past? I am deeply ashamed that I did not do what, what could have been done for this man, and I do blame myself. Inexperience is a tough excuse, especially when we deal with what I've heard the other Guru say to us, what I've heard in my lessons, learning till now. I grieve that I've done this to you and our family. Do you think me so fragile? I couldn't handle the truth, Zebulon? A woman who has faced down the worm more times than you can count? You cry i will not say that in my heart i'm not grieved but do you think you did not stab me in the heart with more grief when you ran away and i haven't seen you since yes yes Rhea, i have i am monstrously ashamed of that too the the way of our tribe was a flimsy excuse to prevent this this conversation my own weakness. It was my weakness, not yours. I didn't know how to begin to say it, start it, so I thought I could hide and avoid it. The worst sin that a messenger could do. The worst one that I could do for our family. Why do you keep calling me Rhea? Why here? There's no moots. There's no one else. You're still putting on a mask, Zeb. Um, this was the worst day of my life. And there was... I thought this was what we were supposed to do. It didn't make any sense now, or then. It makes some now, but I... This festered for a long time and got much further out of hand before I... There was nothing I could do anymore. I didn't think. And that spread to a lot of other things. I'm sorry I did this to you, to us. I don't know why in my mind I... I don't know if I deluded myself or just twisted this to become this way, this sob story of a saga. It didn't need to be. It needed to be handled. By our family. You did, yes, it did. 
Zeb, it wasn't and isn't your place to fix the past. None of us can resurrect the dead. All you can do is process your own grief and help others process theirs. Looks to me like you still haven't done either of those things. I don't know how this doesn't become a race of suffering when so much goes on around us. I, I didn't even feel adequate to open my mouth when it needed to be. I, I didn't know who would understand or who I could say it to. Selfish and stupid, yes, and short-sighted. I'm grappling it now. Hearing that man call out in his final moments and knowing that maybe I didn't feel the same way about death anymore. That was wrong, too. I don't know if I'll ever get past it. I don't know if we're supposed to. I surely process it all right. She sits on the stairs. <sighs> Since you're so fond of them, you want to hear a secret? Please. I'm, I'm scared to die. You face it bravely. But I think we all are still afraid to die. To what we leave behind. Some of us, especially of our tribe, don't know what happens after. Ancestor spirits happen for some, but not others. It's a black box. But you want to know the other secret? It's okay to be scared. I suppose the open secret is I've been scared to death for an awful long time. I'm not even that good of a runner. That's because you haven't been eating too much, boy. She punches you. Square in the chest. I think I let it spread, Mom. To my own pack. I think it spread real bad. Well, can't change it. But there is something you can do. Face it? Help them process it. Like you're processing now. Long roads are nothing new. Hey, tell the real me the truth. You're out of here. As you're pulled up, the silver all around you, your guardian standing there. Zeb speaks in sweet whispers. Why do you walk alone like your father did? I followed fear and shame over something that was beyond my control. Those are hard words to accept for myself, and they sound hollow when I say them to other people. But it means something to process it. It means something to have a connection, because that's, that's not a weakness either. There's some value in being alive. There's some value to being in a place even for a short duration. I can't be transactional with people anymore. There's something to be said for a little spiritual health instead of being the messenger of bad news and moving from place to place. I'm not quick enough to outrun it. This is a bad spot to be. Is that how you plan on going forward then? There are two in my immediate pack that need a whole lot of help. That using my old tricks did not help and hurt far more and hurt myself. They're the closest and the ones I will help most. There are others by blood. My mother, in fact, that I have to reconcile deep grief and shame to. Tell her a story. Well, not a story. Tell her what happened to hopefully heal her heart, too. Certainly plenty of others. How do you see yourself now? Accepting. Accepting of... Accepting of flaws that I had. And not wallowing in self-loathing. Thinking that somehow suffering would reach me to the end. Placing a little bit more value in what this existence is. And putting a little bit more value in my comrades. Who I was willing to generally ignore and railroad. As if this was some kind of thing we were going to win instead of actually helping them. What does redemption mean to you? Part of that is getting up, looking in the mirror and saying, who am I? 
and what's the point? Coming away with the fact that I have to get up every day, the sun rises and Helios warms us to keep doing what needs to be done, but it's facing the fact that I can't wallow and hide in flaws anymore, that I'm charged to do And it might not be particularly glamorous, spectacular, or noteworthy, but I've been given something and I am squandering it otherwise. As you feel yourself getting pulled to the island of Slate, the great citadel mark you're walking along in a i guess best way to describe it is a nondescript forest heading towards the river then everything kind of falls back into place you're going to go speak to the river spirit with malcolm after his whole outburst against the forging of a moon bridge to the five mirrors oh that's right i should be quick. This is important. Yeah, I hear you. But it's a good right to learn, especially when dealing with the the spirit. But I am impressed by your five mirrors and how they were able to take on a Nexus crawler with such a small step, but eh, well, it seems an issue that Another child of Gaia Sept is getting linked to the Sacred Stone while older and younger brothers seem to be left behind or we need to make room for other tribes even though there's already another child of Gaia Sept connected to this one. You know what I'm talking about, Mark? This is disturbing to see you speak that children of Gaia are pushing out other tribe members. doesn't act it doesn't sound like acts of children of Gaia so it is concerning yes children of Gaia like to talk a game of unity no offense Mark they like to talk about how all the tribes are equal but then they don't take into the historical any of the historical stuff that happened to some tribes this Karen used to be that of older brothers and then it got taken by force the children of Gaia took it via politics older and younger brother were some of the strongest tribes around here, or were the strongest tribes, and then the other tribes turned on us. And then when we finally joined them again, they still say that we have to compromise to some degree. Forgive me, worm herder, but this is all new to me. I'm so sorry that this has happened to you. Hmm. You ever think about it, Mark? How it isn't news to you. It's just that you were so so acclimated to it, you were blind to it. I mean, why did you spend so much time and effort trying to link us to a smaller Karen of your own tribe? Why did it take a spirit to tell you about older brother's rights and our connection to the land before we were finally worthy of your concern? Mark's gonna look up at Malcolm and then look out upon the river and kind of put down a sigh and sit on a nearby rock. I guess it's time I have some answering to do. Lots of things you gotta answer for, Mark. Think about, at least. You thought about unity, and you even thought about including other tribes to some degree, but I I just want to try and understand where your thought of mind was. You know, you... You were willing to toy with the notion of killing a human to speak to a red talon ancestor spirit before you were willing to hear about older brother's concerns. 
Did final days have you trained so well after just a few days being here? I'm... I let my personal ambition blind me to what I was truly doing. When I was informed of the network that helps maintain the cage, I felt I felt a true chance I could stand out. Being sent from five mirrors to find Sacred Stone, I found this to be my chance. My chance to actually feel like I'm a part of something. Y yeah, I had the training from the Sept. I was raised by Ken, but I never really felt a part, just at a distance. So I, so I always tried to stand out, to try to get attention. So, I guess blinded by just pure inexperience, and I drove on. I wanted to be noticed. I wanted to be useful. As he kind of nods, and Malcolm disappears, and Nightbiter arrives. Did you ever think I was just another mad silver fang? Or did you spare me that condemnation because I was important to you? And then you hear... Kyle? You think him mad now because you think he loves me more than you? That he deserves that label because you were hurt? Mark will kind of shrink in a little bit. And then he'll kind of jerk up. And then he'll stand and then he'll point at Kyle and then go, Who do you think you are, son of Nightbiter? The years I spent under his wing... The nights I laid restless, wondering if I had done right. In the disciplines, in the punishments, in the trainings, in the rites. I am. I never knew my father. I never knew my mother. All I have is Nightbiter. And the madness I speak of is my own madness when I see him, when he looks at you of approval, of hope, of fatherly tenderness. And then he looks at me with only concern and worry, as if I haven't made the cut yet. And you, who had just arrived, just immediately make the cut. Mark will start sobbing, and his finger will crawl back in into just a shaking hand, and he'll go down onto his knees. Does he not look at you with worry because he cares about you? You don't worry about things that don't mean anything to you. But I'm trying to show that he doesn't need to worry. That I can handle this. But I guess that's why I'm here. And why do you have to handle it alone? Because I've always felt just that distance edge. Apart but not truly apart. Alone but not truly alone. Just limbo. I try to make connections with people, but something just locks it. I thought it was the rage, but it's not. It's something that's deeper in me. Something that drives me of madness. Something that drives me to go outside my role. Perhaps it was your own inability to see others as people just like you. Maybe I've been, no, I've been blinded by my own standard I've set for myself in trying to do these things that I've not acted as I should just as I've asked others to not act as they should just as possibly what 
might have been asked of me. The two disappear as Winds of the Mountain appears, the winds swaying, the spirit looking at you softly. It's turning me to war within the best interest of Gaia. I run free and move through the trees, wind carrying seeds and life more often than death. Yet you call me to help you kill your enemies, or find ancient secrets so that you can wage war. And I have done you a terrible sin, spirit. And for that, I am sorry. I have forced you to dance a dance that is not yours. And mine is not to command, but to understand the dance. And to which I still have much understanding to learn from you, Winds of the Mountain. The spirit vanishes, and a woman appears. A woman that Mark doesn't recognize. She looks sad as she looks you over and goes, Do you wish I didn't face the worm? That I didn't help the other children harmed? Being captured and dragged away as cattle? If it meant I was there for you? Do you think that would have helped the nation? Mark will kind of confusingly look at her, but feel the hairs on the back of his neck kind of lift from something from this woman. Who are you? Are you also blessed of Luna? I carried a baby out of another situation. The gun went off. They took it back, but I saved so many others. My rage was never high. I was not in our room, but I did save you. I'm sorry I couldn't put you in a safe home, but I ask you again, would my life be preferable to the other children I saved? Or would you have preferred a mother and ten children replace you for when you suffered? Mark will look wide-eyed and tears begin to form in his eyes and he'll say, The Sept said you died protecting it. The Elder said you died in service of Gaia. I did. As she vanishes. No. No, come back! Kyle appears again. Mark, you've... You've pushed your responsibilities on others. Roy was at fault for the misinformation, but... You never tried to correct it. Never took responsibility for forgetting it, just like Roy did. You always have to be the paragon, but you've put in none of the work to truly be one. In almost a flash, Kyle disappears and you see Unicorn approaching you. The great spirit bows and goes, Why did you let yourself be deceived? Its words were clearly not my own. Was being accomplished really that important to you? Do you really believe that lie was in the best interest of the nation at the time? I knew not what I was doing. I knew what I was setting forth would bring about a protection to five mirrors and sacred stone. But, Means does not justify the ends. I could say I was blinded, but that can only be an excuse for so long. I was incorrect in my inaction. And in my inaction, good ceased and evil prevailed. Unicorn vanishes. Final days appears. You've done so many things that are just as I have done them. 
Yet I am to be the reviled, because I am not you. Chimera appears. You have sought wisdom many times, yet you seem to have a cup full of answers. Thus the lessons last until it evaporates from the earth and becomes part of the whole again. I seek wisdom, but I do not practice it. I do not retain it. I do not hold it. This drive of just acquiring has tainted the whole cause for striving for wisdom, for the stories in the nation. I have caused that taint. You feel something wrap around your throat as you are lifted up. The great silvery crinos holding you at arm's length. You stand there charred and naked in its arm as it looks at you, its eyes gleaming. What is wisdom? Wisdom is taking what you have learned and acquired and practicing it. What were your lessons? I finally have your lesson. With everything I have talked about this entire trip here, I have always confused my needs and wants for the nation's needs and wants. I foolishly placed mine in front of the nation's, thinking that it was it was just blanket. My needs and wants was theirs, and I am wrong, Guardian. I am wrong. That is correct. Mark guides the fallen. Tell me now, who are you now, and who do you aim to be? I am Mark guides the fallen. I am Thurch, child of Gaia, and I will strive to be wise, honorable, and caring. As the spirit places you into the lake and you start to wash up onto the shore, Cora, you're sitting in the five mirrors. You're hanging out with final days. Oh, Cora Two Hearts. It's excellent to see you. My final days. Are you enjoying Five Mirrors? A little bit. It's not quite home. I understand. Not to the extent. A little bit. As he looks at you and goes, The spirits think that you've been misnamed. Really? You don't really have two hearts anymore. I have been trying to change that. I... I felt ashamed of it. When do you think... When do you think you lost your compassion? To be honest, I don't really know. Not because it didn't matter, but because it was a while ago, and I've really hardened my heart over for a long time, it feels like. The set fades away, and you're a hall of TV screens. They all seem to be playing various moments of your life as final days goes. Then shall we, shall we try and see? Sure. She says hesitantly, scared. (laughs) As you walk along, you see the first TV playing as you drag the two vampires in your dream out into the sun. I am sure it was before this. It's not the only time. As you move along, you hear something. You hear shouting. The packs are arguing about something when you see Korra and Roy yelling before Korra turns into Krynos and 
punches Roy as hard as she can, sending him backwards. Is this when you lost your compassion? I want to say yes, but it was probably before that. Let's keep going. It feels like it. As you walk through, you see yourself fighting the fey creature below DIA, where Saoirse goes, don't kill it, as you rend the red cap to shreds, as she goes, that was a fey. It was willing to surrender. It was trying to kill us, you say. Is that when you lost your compassion? I hope it wasn't before then. As the TV screen turns into two hallways, it moves you through with the hallways reconnect, and there are two TV screens. One, you see Matthias, the last white howler, battling several Fomori with a few fae behind him, including the princess that you had saved, the she. As when this happens, you see one of the Fomori drive a blade through him, Silver, as he dies, and you hear other Garu calling out that the last howler has fallen. On the other screen, you see the exact same scene play out, with one exception. The red cap that you had killed was alive as it jumps in and saves Matthias at the last minute. And Final Days asks, did you ever worry that your lust for destruction would hurt Gaia? Yeah, it never crossed my mind. Why? Because I thought that what I was doing was right. What I was doing was helping to save Gaia. I was so convinced of it. Come. There's more. As you see yourself attacking and fighting Saoirse based on a mild disagreement, a dismissing of B's concerns, attacking B, B's fall and your anger, you see B is a spiral, killing your family, knowing where they were at. Before you finally get to the end, and there's a final TV, it's covered in dust. It's huge, and it appears to have been locked away here for ages. As Final Days hands you a rag, we can clean it together. Okay. Girl, will wipe down the screen of the TV. You wipe down the screen of the TV as it shows an old woman. It's you. Her body's covered in scars, her rage burning bright, teaching pups, attacking them demanding that they remember wherever it breeds or wherever it dwells, whenever it breeds, over and over again. Give no quarter to worm beasts. If you think they're worm beasts, it's better that they stay dead than risk them festering in the world. One asks where her pa- your pack is, and she and your older self says that they lacked conviction spent too much time navel-gazing. Once she thought as only a Fenrir could, her path was clear. Did you ever think that would be your future? No. Bear appears, fully healed. Why? Why did you reject me? Didn't realize I was, but rejecting part of you may as well be rejecting the entirety of you. I told you to go out and heal, to show compassion. 
I'm sorry that you thought those were only words. Me too. As you feel yourself ripped up, you see the creature standing. Where is your compassion, Cora Two Hearts? It was... I buried it down deep for a long time until I forgot where I put it and I lost it. How do you plan on finding it? I think that I need to rid myself of the shame that I felt for having it, regardless of what those around me might say. And I need to practice compassion, not just say, oh, I'm going to be nice, but actually think through my situations and the situations of those around me. Start looking outward and not in at my own shortfalls and shame. Is that why you served the world in subtle deed, yet rejected it with boisterous declaration? I think so. I think being ashamed of who I was and the compassion that I brought to the Garu, to, with, my, with myself to the Garu around me. I was ashamed, and so I changed myself, and not for the better. You let yourself be corrupted. Yes. Who are you now, Cora Two Hearts? Who do you plan to become? I want to be... I want to be Cora Two Hearts. Regardless of my tribe's jives and what I'm told is right and wrong, I want to be myself, compassionate and caring and willing to protect rather than just let mindlessly destroy. As they let you go and you start to slowly drift to the island and land on the island with the great Slate Castle. Kyle, you find yourself awakening in a forest. It's beautiful, with great pines that seem to reach as high as any building you've ever seen. With glimmering greens, streaks of yellow and orange from the sunlight, patches of deep blue and dark, earthy browns underfoot. The whole area seems immaculate, but almost silent, as if all eyes are on you as you stand there in your Hamid form. I will, uh, I'll look around a bit, I guess. You look around a bit as you do see the occasional glimmer of a deer running away as soon as your gaze falls upon them. You feel the wind pressing against you, and every time you turn, anything Behind, the wind seems to be avoiding that area completely. You hear the occasional chirps of birds in the distance, however. Okay. I guess I'll shift to lupus form. Once you shift to lupus form, the whole forest, though your spectrum of color decreases, ignites even more vibrantly as you now hear a thousand different sounds. The sounds of footsteps the smell of the wind, and what the wind carries, and what is beyond. You hear birds singing in a chorus of songs of various pitches in a beautiful symphony of a thousand different 
chirps that seem to all be going together to create this almost idyllic scene. And you smell something else on the on the wind, though you don't quite understand it. Can I track it? You can try. So if you follow the winds, you start moving as you see to uh, just to your right as you're continuing to follow the wind, a great cliff with beautiful with tiny cups of mud carrying little birds of brown wings, white stomachs, and highlights of reddish pink feathers as they collect amongst themselves seeming to be seeming to watch you with a bit of caution though fairly unbothered given their relative height to yours as you continue on the smell becomes greater as you see great clouds on the distance as they thunder and rumble before rain starts to pour upon you. Am I still in a forest? You're still in the forest, yep. Okay. I mean, I guess I'll walk closer to the trees. Okay. Can I still track? You can... Well, so the smell seems to have been the blowing in storm. Oh, okay. And you didn't quite put it together. You find a place to rest. The next day happens as you see the stars creating a blanket of light up above. The sky, a deep, rich, dark black with just thousands of diamonds creating wisps of white clouds of starlight. No no haze upon the horizon, no nothing, as the life of this place once again comes, just explodes. You hear the thousands of different creatures walking in the night, living that life. The sun rises, you should go to sleep, and the sun rises. The sky, you now notice, once again moving through the clearing and the storm gone, a deep, rich, and dark blue. And a deer being taken down by a mountain lion. The mountain lion eats and watches you, but once it leaves, there is food for you to eat as well. That you can scavenge. Yeah, happily. You scavenge and you start to get a feel of things you start to understand the smells of when it's going to be a hot day the smell of snow the smell of rain you it feels like you've spent now your entire life maybe 10,000 lives here in this forest you can see a million connections between the plants the animals the land itself you can hear the distant storm, smell the coming weather. You see fawns born, baby birds calling to their mothers, wolves hunting. It is a tapestry of beauty, peace, and pain. When suddenly, the bird songs become less nuanced. You can only, only the loudest notes are being sung as the softer notes start to get drowned out by the familiar sound of cars, the buzzing lights. Just beyond the horizon now, you notice that the sky shifts from its deep and majestic blue to a lighter blue, nearly white. Do I remember what the city is? Distantly, yeah. It feels like a lifetime ago, but you do recall what the city is. Well, I suppose 
I'll go investigate that now. Okay. Though, so long as I'm in my lupus form, keeping, you know, at least somewhat hidden. Yeah. As you get, the tree line suddenly ends as you hide behind the tree, as you see a vast patchwork of fields of homes, single story, in a checkered pattern with twisting roads that connect them, the loud noises becoming an ever-echoing crash upon your lupus hearing. You see the field of homes stretch nearly as far as the eye can see, though on the distance you can see several towering buildings, like mountains. As cars move along the checkered pattern streets towards the massive buildings, as people leave their homes and conglomerate towards the the great buildings, uh, the city seems to be calling to you. Yeah, I I suppose I'll shift into Hamid and walk through the city. You start walking to, to the city. The old habits and the life of a human come back to you quickly. It only takes but a few moments versus the several lifetimes it felt to walk through the woods as you make great strides towards the city. Though you notice that the greens seem less vibrant, the sky less blue. And when the night comes, the tapestry of stars is replaced with a deep purple sky with only the brightest stars being able to shine through. Once you reach the center of the city, you feel the heat. It's hot, uncomfortable. The sound of cars and the buzzing lights can still be heard all around you, but they're dimmed. Something that feel almost familiar now, as if it's always been this way for you. As you see the hot butt, and then when you get to the large towering buildings, you see the buildings filled with stores, offices, but it's clear that there are very few residential places here in this mount, this mountain range of steel. You will see lovers. In, you see lovers in the streets embracing, under the bright lights, their love for each other palpable, and the joy that they feel near, near, nearly infectious. You see a rich man walk with some of the regality of a king or a nobleman. And just by him, down the alleyway, you see a homeless man die as the snow blows in without warning, your dull smell not picking it up, and your ability to sense it seem dull as this place seems to disconnect you from the knowledge you picked up through generations. There is beauty and pain that can be seen all around just like the woods. And then you see another wood just past the towers. It's smaller, but you hear the howls of wolves. I will, well, walk to the tree line and transform to Hamid. Uh, Lupus. You transform to Lupus as you notice that there are many Krinos here. As this is a Garu sect. (laughs) (laughs) Whoops. Krinos it is then. (laughs) You shift to Krinos. As you get a sense for the thoughts and feelings of your fellow Garu here with frightening ease, you know almost instantly of all the Sept conflicts in a way you didn't quite experience absorbing in the woods or even the city. It's as if 
this all your attention, your mental energy has been here. As Garu come to you and speak to you about their problems, the Sept's politics, the way of how to combat the worm in their ways, before finally you are lifted from the silvery lake, your guardian watching you, its eyes oddly kind but firm, when it asks, What is the lesson? Kyle guards the low. I can see each of the forms has a purpose. Not just a purpose, but a place. But the one that stuck out to me the most was Lupus. I feel like I haven't spent enough time in my wolfish form. It took longer in that form than any of the others to understand, to figure out what was going on. And I think it's something I've neglected overall. I've chosen to be Garu and human, but not necessarily wolf. The Guardian rumbles out with a bit of a smile. What is balance? I think balance for this is while taking each form when it should be taken, not just when it needs to be taken. Obviously, I've used my Hamid and my Krynos forms often, but I've saved my Lupus just for when I needed to sleep outside or when I needed to run a long distance. Do you think that has been conducive to getting Lupus to understand how you feel? If you never tried to understand how they felt, their experiences, how they see the world? No, it hasn't. In particular, after spending so much time in my lupus form, understanding better how they see the city. Well, yeah, just better, not exactly how they see the city. Did you enjoy the little birds, Kyle Garzillo? Their little cups? I did. Enjoy them for all you can. For their disappearing, they used to live all around your set. But when Hamids only think of Hamid matters, they sometimes neglect the things the wolf sees. Is that part of the spiritual destruction that has been spoken of? Yes. The Garu are now tipped one to one breed over the other. There is no balance in the nation. And while human populations grow, Wolf populations stagnate or grow much slower. They're more acutely aware with their greater hearing and their distance from the cities. For when the birds start to change their songs so that they can be heard over the cars and the lights. I don't know if I can help with the cars and the lights, but I think I could help with the wolves. Not just the Garu, but the wolves. That's good. Kyle you have now understood that everyone has its purpose, and everyone can have a specialty. But it is good to try and empathize with others, and see what brings them concern. The lupus hear the birds' songs dying. They see the soil become lighter, the sky less vibrant, the dark, rich night with the clouds of stars turn to inky violet and they see it even in the wild places. If you can understand that, you can understand their pain, and perhaps understand at least how to help them when you are able. I'll do what I can to make the world a, a better and more understanding place. That is all Gaia can ever ask of you. As he plops you back down and the currents take you to the Great Shale Palace, 
as you wash up on shore. Alone at first, before you see the bodies of your companions slowly wash up beside you. Roy, you awaken on a mountaintop again. Existence reaching out all around you as you stand miles above the earth. On one side of the mountain is a great city. On another is a great forest. On another a plain. Another an ice sheet. Each, and then finally a wedge of water. Possibly an ocean. Possibly a great lake. Though it's difficult to tell. As the temple around you seems to resonate and Chimera steps forward. Why are you a stargazer? I do not know. It is one of those questions that escapes me. Being a stargazer, I guess, just called to me. Unlike being the Get, Children of Gaia, I do not have a concrete answer, except I just am. What does it mean to be a Ragabosh to you, Roy? I don't have a concrete answer to that question either. The only one, the only answer I can give is the one that I've been taught growing up, and that's to question not just my peers, but even those of higher ranking to make sure that the right choice is made the first time. Have you found yourself successful in that endeavor? To some degree, but not really. I've, I've definitely questioned some events, but I've also not questioned enough. And so, no, I have not been successful. Is it because you rarely question yourself? Truly dive into your own beliefs and make sure they are right by asking simple questions of yourself? Yes. I've always questioned myself with big questions and always seeking the large answer, but I've never seeked the simple questions questioning myself. You have asked yourself the big questions. Truly. Did you think to question yourself when you told your packmate you should have killed a vampire who aided you? Did you think to question your detachment and how it connected stargazer philosophy when your former friend was to be forged into a coin? Did you question the anger of your fellows when you had a cell phone that could be tracked but could have still been used to help you if only you found a middle path, a compromise? How much death has happened because of your inaction when you could have simply tried to stop the war with Nicholas but not given your soul to him wholesale and trust? Did you not question that the first blow against the vampires in this war came from you and your kind? No, I didn't question myself about all of those things. Aren't those big questions? Looking back at it, they are. At the time, they were only little, simple questions that I forgot to ask. I questioned those around me, but not myself. What have you done to see the paradox of existence? How do you try and see through illusion so that you can see the true face of Gaia as your tribe commands? What I believe to have been the path that I walked to be the right one to seek, to see through the illusion. What was that path? 
At first, I thought I was balancing my minds, all five of them, but I've since learned that the path I walked to try and see through the illusion only led me to see more of the illusion. I have been lost. Where do your illusions stem from? What ties you to the weaver's webs? There are many things that tie me to the weaver. It could be as simple as the literal headset with the weaver spirit that I use. There are too many ties that tie me to the weaver. Yes, but I'm asking what the greatest one you think is. The one that stands above all the others. Mountain ranges can be wide, but one peaks above the rest. I may be wrong, like so many times before, but the bonds I've made with my pack, I believe are, I believe is the biggest reason I'm tied to the Weaver. Chimera goes, truly, you think your connections to your pack do. Why? Explain yourself. They keep me grounded in the physical realm. They, they offer an illusionary comfort. They offer so many things that the Weaver provides in abundance. And it's nothing wrong, so to speak. But if I'm to see past the illusion and see beyond, I'm a, I must see beyond my own bonds to this world. You are Garu, are you not? I am. Is your bond not to this world? Is it not bound to Gaia? Surely the Gaia Dhamma and enlightenment calls to many, but it is your path to guide others to enlightenment, but not yourself. It is through duty, Gaia Dhamma, that you serve the Emerald Mother, she who is the wife of the Jade Emperor. And you talk about transcending? You must live 10,000 lifetimes to defend her until the middle way is accepted, till the middle way is done. What is the first tenet of existence, Stargazer? I do not know. All life is suffering. That is the first thing you must accept. The second tenet of the Stargazers is only through balance can suffering be alleviated. Stasis, dynamism, and darkness or balance must be in perfect unity. The world has suffered too much darkness, and some say too much stasis, and that is why Gaia is in pain. Where are your imbalances, Roy Mindscape? Yours. I can think of three, and I'm sure there are more, but these three are the main ones that I can think of. The first being that I live too free without responsibility and without, which leads me into the second one where I act before I think and without care of the consequences. And the third we have brought up already, but I will say it again because it is that much of a imbalance within me is that I've questioned others but I do not question myself. I also have seen through the very first test of Erebus how imbalanced my five minds are, and I lack I've I lack compassion. I've I've lacked the time necessary to meditate on myself. 
And I do not trust my instinct as much as I need to. Who have you harmed in your journey, Roy Mindscape? Why did you find it necessary to harm them? Harmed more people than I even know. I have harmed those without even knowing their face or name, just from the actions that I've taken. Such as? The first most pressing thought that comes to my mind when it comes to this is that we destroyed, I destroyed medication that could have benefited those in other countries. But I did so because it would have hurt Gaia as well. There is no right answer for that, That except I did what I had to for Gaia. That is true. You made the choice then? No, but I still had the choice to follow through it. Why did you give the moral choice to someone else? Why do you let yourself be a leaf on the river and let it sweep you wherever you choose, wherever you go? The leaf cannot question the river, can it? No, it cannot. I gave that choice away because I did not believe that I had the right to make that choice. So did you believe that you had the right to force that responsibility on someone else? At the time, I thought it would be best if someone with more experience could make that choice, but looking back at it, looking back at it, I should not have done, I should not have done that. If you find your way, discovering a path to enlightenment and begin to improve yourself morally, spiritually, should the ones you've harmed forgive you? I do not have an answer for should they forgive me. I only know that I would ask for their forgiveness by proving to them through action that I have changed and if given the opportunity to go back in time, I would make the better decision. Chimera's face remains stoic and hard before the spirit finally asks, What is moral, Roy Mindscape? Moral or morality? Or are they the same? How do you think they're different? If you are asking for the distinction. One is like a code of honor. One that you stick to. Even if it's the wrong choice, you stick to it because that is your moral. But morality is one that is no matter what. No matter what, what? You can make your choice based on your moral, which is your own path. Or you can make your choice based on morality, which is, which is the right path, no matter how you look at the situation. Since your personal code of honor was dedicated to detachment, then was it a moral thing to do to let Lisa get forged into a coin if you had failed solely because you were trying to prove your own detachment? By that logic, yes. It was, at the time, my moral code as I was trying to detach myself from the bonds that I forged. So you are changing your morality. So it is a code that can be changed either on a whim or when you realize that it was wrong. Does that not conflict with the definition you gave me earlier? As you experience new things, your moral code can change because it is with these new experiences that bring more thoughts and questions into your own world, into your own mindscape, so you can 
It is with these new thoughts that one can adjust their moral code to fit their new perspective. Why can they not change their moral perspective based on the decision that they find clashes with their code then? That was the definition you gave me. That a moral code means that you do make the decision whether or not it is right. If you find in that moment that your moral code is flawed, do you not change it in that moment? And if that is the case, does that, that not make your definition flimsy as paper? Definition is loose. I agree, but it is not as flimsy as paper. For the definition in that is that it is exactly as I defined it as. The moral code can still change. For if you do not, for as you grow and evolve as a being, you change. And with that change, you are never, you will never be trapped in stasis. And you are able to walk that middle path more closely. Do you believe all morals are relative? Based on my definitions, yes. Moral is relative. Morality is not. Explain. The moral is to one person, whereas morality is to the whole. Morality is the best decision for the whole and not for the person or the moral. Then... If more and more creatures become wormspawn, and they benefit from Gaia's suffering and poison being spewed, and the whole becomes greater than that of Gaia, then does morality shift in favor of the worm and in favor of darkness? No, because morality is what is right for the whole, not just the majority. What is the whole versus the majority? The whole is for everything. If the worm corrupts everything, and everything left benefits from its corruption, does that not make it morality? If more benefit from suffering than not, if all of existence now benefits from suffering, and the middle path is now a path to destruction, does that not mean that if that shift were to happen by your own definition to do what was good for the whole of the universe, you would dance the spiral? Based on your words, I would have left with everyone else that does not follow the worm, so to speak. If everything left and the worm became the majority, I would have left with them. So no, I would not dance the spiral for morality's sake, for I still have morals, and that's the difference between moral and morality. Tell me, what do you see of the land around us? I see a city, I see a forest and plains, and ice sheets on all sides of this mountaintop. But they're all separate. There is no overlap between them. They are separate. How is it like you? It is like me in a few different ways that I can think of. One is the different places I've been and the things I've seen in the different settings that are about here. As there are, as there are five settings, it could be the mines within me or it could be the separation that I have created within myself 
What separation within yourself? Separation between my human life and Garu life. The separation between this world and the many other realms. The separation between me and those around me. Chimera stares and simply goes, It represents a flaw within yourself, and that flaw is the reason you have answered the way you have. What is preferable? To do nothing and watch the world burn? Or throwing yourself, all of yourself, for things to be better, even if it is only a fraction of a frank fraction of what you want? That's an easy answer for me. I would throw myself and all of myself to make, to give that fraction of a fraction. As Chimera grins and goes, then why have you historically given your responsibilities to others, to defer to others when the hard decisions come? What are your moral convictions worth if you don't at least speak up? My answer was one I gave after learning from the first two lessons of Erebus. Then you didn't have that belief before. What changed besides Erebus? What are the lessons of Erebus that made you change besides the fear of burning here forever? I came to Erebus to learn what my flaws are and how I can learn to change myself. The simple act of wanting to come to Erebus is what prompted the change, but going through the visions and trials has taught me and opened my eyes, which allowed me to answer differently now. I learned that I need to be more compassionate and take responsibility for both my actions and inactions, and that through hard effort I can make a change, even if it is a fraction of a fraction. The spirit nods as you feel yourself lifted up you're in the silver lake as the guardian hangs with your head in its hand as your legs still boil in the silver below it gives a snarl Roy Mindscape what was the lesson? I believe the answer is that asking the right questions can make change the guardian looks at you and simply says there are no more hints Roy Mindscape as it pushes you back down and you find yourself on the mountain a wedge of city, a wedge of forest, a wedge of plain a wedge of ice and a wedge in a circular pattern with the great mountain in the center the steps of the mountain lead up to the great shrine with Chimera waiting there I'll go ahead and approach Chimera the spirit nods respectfully before asking the same question again. Why are you a stargazer, Roy Mindscape? Stargazer is to lead those to the path of enlightenment. Have you led anyone to the path of enlightenment? I have not. How would you try? I would do so through action. What kind of action? Action by example. Give me, and as his wings flutter in a bit of a joking manner, example. The tail of the spirit hisses a kind of laughter. By questioning, by questioning myself. 
How will you question yourself? What is the first step to questioning yourself? First step is to pick an action and then question, is this what benefits and what hurts? What is there a better action to take in this situation? Thinking about it again, what does it mean to be a ragabosh, then? You seem to be conflating ragabosh with stargazer, with questioning yourself. Tribes and auspices are different. Being a ragabosh has me question, but so does being a stargazer. The difference is that as a stargazer, we walk the middle path as best as we can, whereas the ragabosh does not have those imposed limits. You keep referencing the middle path. You chirp a good song, sounding like a canary that repeats what I say. What is the middle path to you? How does one find perfect balance and harmony within oneself? How does one search for it? An endless cycle of questions and answers. Through an endless cycle of action and inaction. Through action and inaction. I'm trying to guide you to my own sort of middle path, Roy Mindscape. You speak in generalities, and I want specifics. It's only fair to balance between the two. How are you unbalanced? How do you plan on balancing it? To change who you are? I live too free without the lack, without responsibility. And I plan to change that. What responsibilities do you plan to take up? I plan on speaking up. I plan on leading others to enlightenment as best as I can. I plan on taking on more responsibilities within the Cairn for the Garu Nation. Chimera opens her claws as you see two cups form. One is empty and the other is full. You see water pour into the empty glass and then water pour into the full glass as it overflows. Chimera says, This is you, Roy Mindscape. You are empty when you must be full, and full when you should be empty to making the right choices for enlightenment. How do you plan to know the difference? First, I must understand myself, and from there I must continuously ask myself if if I am empty or full. And if I am empty when I need to be full, then I will have to correct that. And if I am full when I need to be empty, then I can meditate to clear my thoughts. What are the riddles of the universe you seek to contemplate on? The universe is full of riddles, Roy Mindscape. Which ones interest you? What great unknowns inspire you? The one that keeps coming through my mind is the duality of man. Good. Why does it interest you? Because... Man can be one thing, and the next thing you know, they're the exact opposite. And they're both right and both wrong. I see. Then that brings me back to my question the last time I saw you. Have you thought more about morality? What it means to you? Our ethics, I think, is what you were trying to explain. Different from morality? How are they different? How has your morality evolved? And what do you think is moral now? I said this prior, but my moral has changed from the moment I decided to visit Erebus. And I 
came to the realization through the trials and visions that my apathy and imbalance has skewed me. I still believe that morality is what is right for the whole and not just for the majority. What is the difference between the whole and the majority, though? A whole is for everyone, and the majority are only for those that have more numbers. So killing creatures of the worm is just, then, by your definition? Are they not part of everything? They are part of the whole, but they also act against the best interests of the whole. Then, would caging a black spiral dancer and feeding it like an animal, but not killing it, treating it humanely enough, but making sure that its loss of freedom was ensured more moral than killing it? It would not be more moral to lock it away, though the spirit may find Gaia and be reborn as a... to be part of the whole. Then, do you think human laws that prevent killing of morally duplicitous monsters, mass murderers, as wrong. Because if those mass murderers are killed, then perhaps their spirits will rejoin the true Gaia realm and be reborn into something that will have a shot at moral improvement. I do believe that, yes. Spirit moves on. What do you see about the land around us? There are five distinct wedges of city, plain, ice, water, and forest. How is this like you? I believe it is the separation and the different stages I've been in. Do you believe your life has been in discrete stages? Looking back at it, I can make distinct points in my life that have made changes. Chimera shakes her head. How can you find paradoxes of existence and see past illusion if your views are so rigid? If things are wholly good or wholly evil, why do you or others find it so hard to choose between the two? Fear of being wrong. So it is difficult to determine whether something is good or evil? It is. Why is it so difficult? No one is wholly good nor wholly bad. If that is the case, then why are decisions different than people? A person can make the wrong decision for the right reasons, or the right decision for the wrong reasons. So it is difficult to discern whether something is right or wrong then, because the right reasons could create the wrong outcome? I do not believe that good actions can make people evil. It is just again in their own moral that they would sometimes choose to sacrifice the whole for the few, just like some people would sacrifice the few for the whole. Why did you wish to learn Kaliendo? Few reasons. The first being I thought it was a beautiful art form. The second, it would help me meditate more. And third, allow me to connect with the Garu nation. Embrace who I am. It seems it failed in that endeavor. Before you feel the hands reach up and pick you up by the shoulders, as you see Kyle on the distant shore, he goes, What was the lesson? The lesson is that I need to know who I am, and I need to know my moral. 
There are no more hints, Roy Mindscape. What particular question or discussion would you like to go back to? Oh. Oh no. I've probably got to say the moral. Okay. Because that's the one that's always stumped me. As Chimera asks one last time, what is morality, Roy Mindscape? Moral is a personal choice, whereas morality is for the whole. And so you believe that the whole is all of existence, so do you believe that there are universal standards of morality that all must be judged against? I do. Then I ask, does this only apply to sentient beings or beings of, or all beings that exist in this universe? In the Telerium. I would have to say that it goes for all beings. Then is a spirit of fire immoral because it was created to exist as fire? It destroys things as fire even though it has no real choice in the matter. Or does the tiger that kills another tiger for entering its territory become immoral? because that was its instinct, if it does not have a choice, or the choice is so muddled with intelligence that is so different than human intelligence, that the choice doesn't even, can't even truly exist in the creature's mind. Those examples are not in the wrong, because that is the way of the world. Then let me ask, if a human did any of those things, are they moral? Yes, that is immoral. Man is of a higher intelligence, so they have a better better choice. But you said all morality is based on a universal standard for all things in existence, not sentience. And I have misspoken. All right, Roy. The hands come down. Go ahead, they, give me the L. They lift you up. The Guardian looks at you. What was the lesson, Roy Mindscape? I believe the lesson is that morality is an illusion. As the Guardian shakes its head and you get dunked down, as you see your companions wash upon the shore, as you remain trapped, feeling the thread that ties you to Owl burn away. Escaped from Erebus, the survivors now sit on the shore. We will see how their journey continues next time. Thank you to everyone who listened. We'll catch you in that next episode. Bye. Bye. I think I got some silver in my ear.